you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Let's go! Complete touchdown, Green Bay, with Jordy Nelson. And it's Nelson again for the touchdown. That was the fourth touchdown pass by Aaron Rodgers in what was an easy Green Bay victory, 35-14 over the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. And no, you know, that's not the beautiful low voice of Dan Hansis that you hear. This is Greg Rosenthal. I am kicking off this week's podcast solo, and I'm going to get over to Dan and Mark very shortly because there's not that much to talk about in this game. Very comfortable. 14-0 lead for the Packers before the Bears even ran a second offensive play. A nightmare game for Mike Glennon, who could have been starting his final game for the Chicago Bears and a perfect game for Aaron Rodgers, who was missing his two offensive linemen and lost a lot of teammates throughout the game. Devontae Adams most notably took a vicious hit to the head by the Bears linebacker Danny Trevathan, who I believe could get suspended for the hit. Thankfully, Adams has feeling in all his extremities. Post-game reports from the Packers coach Mike McCarthy uh, were very positive, so that's good news. But the, the Packers are hurting right now. Ty Montgomery, their starting running back, had broken ribs. His backup, uh, Jamal Williams, got an injury. They lost an inside linebacker and Joe Thomas. So they have to be very happy to just survive this early portion of the season at 3-1. and one. They haven't dug a big hole like they did in previous years. And it's because Aaron Rodgers can manage things and throw beautiful passes like the deep one to Jordy Nelson down the field. That's all they needed tonight because the Packers defense shut down the Bears running game. Very impressive. And Glennon had a sack fumble to start the game. That wasn't all on him. Uh, A fumble bouncing off his knee. That was just kind of funny to watch. And two ugly interceptions. That was on him. I think they need Mitchell Trubisky to enter this season and possibly save the running game because he can get out on the edge. He can run a bootleg. Tony Romo did a great job pointing that out. And and this Bears offense just needs a little more juice. Mike Glennon is not providing it. Bears fall to one and three. And let's just hope the rest of the week four slate is a little bit better 
And for that, let's send it over to Dan and Mark and me. The Around the NFL Podcast has the best-looking producer. And welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? hi I find it interesting that the producers essentially give our uh, voiceover specialist, Matt Money-Smith. The keys to the car are coming from the producer to Matt. And yeah. it's interesting that the our producer, Blues Cannon, Erica Tamposi, handed that one over. Well, it's a very Tamposi-esque move, as we've come to learn. And I can only envision her standing beside Matt Money-Smith, the, vo- the radio voice of the Los Angeles Chargers, maybe with some sort of a weapon or a gun right. by his head right saying, his back. you say will it. say this. Say it. Big shots fired at Sully, by the way, who is a very handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything to do with that, Erica? I tweeted it out. People just tweeted me what they wanted for money tags. Oh, okay. So, okay, I'm sure. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, this is the Thursday. They post. He's like, and I'm going on a date with that person. <laughs> Great guy. Week four preview show, and uh, what you heard at the top of this episode was Greg breaking down the Bears and Packers. Uh, but that's not the only game hmm. this week. So you're saying Mark didn't come back in for work for that one? No, he he curled up with okay. a, a six okay. or seven glasses of red wine and just enjoyed I the I systematically game. do not appear here on Thursday nights. I have been enjoying these games with Chris Wessling, so try telling me your assignment has more meaning. I actually have also been with Chris Wessling for two of the three weeks, and then I you know, hop on the bus and uh, come in here and, and read the hit and then thumb it home. That's you, what I did. You and Mark. Is, you, you have never been on a bus it's in you this and Mark, town. It's you, you have and never been on an L.A. bus in your life. And I never will. That is that is what That's I what have. I know I'm getting out of town. I if have. you ever put me on the L.A. bus, I'm out of here. You're just like, I you, have. you're sitting next to Mark Ortega, and you're on the bus on the way to work. <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot of other games to get to. In fact, this is another week. No buys this week. Am I right? I'm right, right? That's right. They do not They do not start yet. All right. So not next week either, I don't 15 believe. games they're talking about. And um, the buys start next week, actually. Okay. I see the Saints have a buy right off the bat. We know the buys are kicking in. Post-London. Uh, Post-London makes sense, uh, as is their right. Some teams refuse it, Mark. Well, the Dolphins are saying, let's create the most brutal month of travel in NFL <laughs> lore, so we will play again next week coming back from London. Yeah. Um, okay, so – so many games to get to. Anything else we want to touch on before we get into the games? Greg? Let's do some football. Wearing that Henley today. Feeling a little That's right. office cadge in a big spot. <laughs> like it. Um, all right. Let's do some football. And uh, We're let, not on oh, camera. You know I do you? have one thing I had to say. Yeah. Uh, today, or this week, is the one-year anniversary of Mr. Flame uh, joining us as a sponsor. And uh, I have one follow-up uh, question for you, Mark. Okay. You like money? Of course I like money. Would you like more of it? I would. Well, then sign up for Mr. F's, Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, The Netherlands, uh, where you can learn all about economics. Like, Mark, perfect example. Nine times six. What? Uh, 54. 54 is right, but... If you take Mr. Flame's economics class, you'll know more like Greg. Greg, nine times eight. 72. See? he. Have you been in Mr. Flame's class? Of course. Yeah, there you go. 
It all he checks was, out. He's, he just he rattled that out yep. in an instantaneous fashion. That's what economics classes are about. Okay? <laughs> I think it's about much more, but that's that's the base part okay. of an economic I class. I majored in journalism. I stayed away from a lot of this sector of college education. Mr. Flame, secondary school educator in The Hague, the Netherlands, www.flameclass.com. All the details you need. Uh, Mr. F. Mr. F. All right, let's get into the games, everybody. And uh, we will start with, oh, yeah. yeah. I just brought them up, the Saints. They have a bye. And let me tell you something. Two, two bad losses to open their schedule and they really, a really nice job uh, last week against the Panthers. A thorough win on the road, exactly what they needed. They, they were desperate for that. They got that win. Now they come home to face the Dolphins, who, uh, let's face it, and my goodness, Adam Gase was furious. They go to London, of course. To yeah, this Dolphins. will be in London. Uh, sorry, uh, Adam Gase was furious with uh, his Dolphins team, uh, Greg. In fact, he made no attempt to hide how angry he was. You want to get into that a little bit before we get into the game? Well, he called them a garbage offense. <laughs> he, he said for he's two tired, years. tired of that garbage. Uh, yeah, and he said he, he's sick of this for, for two years. I think he maybe he was referencing last September when they started very slowly and he famously fired a few offensive linemen and got after it uh, in the media. And he made the same sort of angry statements after the Jets game and really throughout throughout the week saying, like, we can't even pick up a first down. And and after watching that, that game, that Jets-Dolphins game, you know, I, I don't blame him. That was about as sloppy as it gets from, from Jay Cutler on down. It wasn't just Cutler. It was a lot of players. It's weird to watch. And they talk about Jay Ajayi behind the scenes as being like a total alpha male. So I think it's a way to challenge your team and bring him back to reality. But if he has one argument, it's that where is the consistency from week to week? Because two weeks ago in Los Angeles at the StubHub Center, Jay Ajayi is running well. They weren't perfect, but they were making plays through the air. Jay Cutler looked. You come out of that game thinking he's built chemistry with his wide receivers. The Jets, the Jets game, a team that we roundly dismissed heading into this season – dominated Miami's offensive line, and should still dominated ra- yeah. the game. And should still roundly dismiss. The Jets aren't going to be a playoff team this year, which makes it all the more mind-boggling. I, I wrote down in my notes when I was rewatching the game that the the Dolphins were scary flat. There's flat, and then there's what happened at the Meadowlands with the Miami Dolphins. It, it really makes you – you know, you can make an excuse, oh, maybe it was a trap game. Like, who are the Dolphins? They had 47 yards traps? at the end of the third quarter, and that makes this game all the bigger – uh, in London, and Jay Ajayi coming home, it is a huge moment for Jay Ajayi and for international football. He is the best player uh, that's really had the flag uh, of the UK, and I know I know he's like early in what I think is going to be a really good career, but it's it, he's got to be feeling like this is a big spot for I mean, him. how exciting must that be? And you get to play the Saints in what should be a comeback game uh, against a defense that looked better last week, but certainly can give up some yards on the ground. I'll give you either of you guys a free soda downstairs. Either, even though the soda machine is eating my dollars, it's eating two dollars now, and I just posted a sign on the the Pepsi machine. Don't I, re- I, read I will it. I eat money. <laughs> I read this. Yeah, I, I'm going up to HR with that one. Anyway, I'll give you guys a soda uh, once that machine gets fixed. If you can name the uh, other two. Uh, international England players in the league. I'm waiting for Greg to answer. Kasim Adebale, or is he German? I know it's not our boy Mo, 
Mo uh, Boringer. Mm. I don't know the answer. I was looking at the wrong paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll never terrible. know. All right, well, we'll never that, know. That was terrible. Yeah. We'll never know. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see if the Dolphins bounce back. I expect that they will. I also saw some bad Jay Cutler, uh, Chicago Bears late period Jay Cutler that you you have to keep an eye on. Well, I I'd be more worried that he's just not as talented as he was before because this was a guy who really relied on his great arm strength and his athletic ability to make up for maybe some other areas maybe he wasn't you know the guy who's figuring everything out pre-snap and the last couple weeks especially against the Jets I started to wonder is like is he just losing it a little bit because some of those throws where he's on the move yep didn't have the same zip meanwhile on the other side of the ball is a 38 year old who through two weeks, you know, three weeks, I'm, I do the QB index grade. Top two quarterbacks in the league are Tom Brady and Drew Brees, 40 and 38. How yeah. about that? Yeah. This it, is a great game well, for against, the Saints to get back to two and two and reset what had been a bad, uh, a terrible yeah, start. And against the Dolphins secondary that gave up big plays through the air to Josh McCown and the Jets. It made the, the Jets look very competent on all phases. Last quick point is uh, – Marcus Lat- Marshawn Lattimore is going to be back for this game. And in the first two weeks, he really looked like he's the best cornerback the Saints have had in a long time. That'll be big for them. And God, did they need that for years. All right, here are the England players. Ready? We all know about Jay Ajay. Don't forget about um, Jermaine Ehler-Menor of the Baltimore Oh, yeah. He, well, he literally just played there last week. I think it was the first game he got on the field. And uh, he was a backup lineman that, that did play a little for the Ravens in London last what week. What about Alex Gray? Didn't know that. Alex Gray, a, a very a strategic and talented player. Wasn't that a singer? <laughs> Tying a nice little bow on that seg. Wasn't that a singer-songwriter from the UK? Maybe. All right, let's move on. Maybe, Greg. You could research that. Um, David Gray. Is David Gray, of. great David album. Gray, he had a, one, a killer album, by the way. This year's love had been well, the last. I had a past relationship where, you know, the, I don't know if people still do. It was like, that was our album for some reason. Then the whole thing crashed and burned really White hard. Ladder was your album? That was... A huge college album for me, and I think it's like one of the biggest like Irish albums ever. And it's th- he's not even an Irish. It artist. has some menacing. Uh, it brings up some menacing, positive and menacing feelings for for myself. Hmm. I thought people had songs like a whole album. We went full That's album. excessive. We went full album. That sounds like a passionate relationship. Let's you know. Let's move on to the next game. <laughs> Tell us more about the. <laughs> he's playing at the Greek Theater on October seventeenth here in L.A. If you want. By to the way, him. you know I've who else Dave is Gray playing? Line. Who? In L.A., very, very soon, I believe it's the 13th of October. Who? Debbie, who is little, little Debbie. The small Debbie? Yes. Whoa. Mildly okay. small Deborah. Tracking that. Moving on. Here we go. The Buffalo Bills uh, look real good. They look highly competent, at the very least, at home, a 26-16 win over the Denver Broncos, 2-1, and one, surprising some people, and uh, now a real test. Here we go. The Atlanta Falcons, 3-0. and But let me say this, Mark. I'll start with you here on this one, Mark. Falcons are 3-0. and But if you're watching these games, the Falcons can easily have two losses right now. And in general, there's a lot. this team looks a lot different than last year's team. Is that fair to say? I think they might on Sunday when they play the best defense they will have faced all season to this point. The Bills' defense, highly impressive. Because the week before, I think this game where they went in and handled the Broncos in week three. When we talk about all the bizarre week three results, I think this one's a little underrated because mm. Denver the previous week dropped a A-bomb level 
hit on the Cowboys <laughs> to the point where we thought, well, Denver looks like they're going to scorch right back into the AFC title game. First Tesler A-bomb reference of the season. It was that kind Overdue. of a game, right? I mean, they leveled the Cowboys. And so a week later, and I think the Buffalo is an underrated place to have to go in and play number one. And it's in Atlanta, so, so that's not a factor here. But this game to me is a very interesting matchup because I watched how Buffalo, A, took C.J. Anderson, the engine of Denver's offense, right out of it from the very beginning. He had one sort of longer run the entire affair. And what it did was it put Trevor Simeon, who's been so promising all season, into endless third down, overt, obvious passing situations. And it held up for a while. But then suddenly they started to completely lose their chemistry through the air. Two killer picks by Simeon ended that game. And Buffalo's defense, listen, LaShawn McCoy cannot run the ball right now. They are not the team from last year where they were Anthony Lynn's little pet project to run as much as possible. <laughs> they have to win in a different so way. So dismissive of the number well, one no, running I, team I in the I think that Sean, Sean McDermott <laughs> quietly is – there's two Seans kind of vying for potential rookie coach of the year or coach of the year honors. And Sean McDermott, the team that everyone had wiped off their map – in August, is playing very hard for him. Well, that's not a real award, Coach of the Year. But it maybe is now. It would be by Mark. He loves them coaches. You're absolutely right. Think of what – I love the fact that the the aspect of coaching that Sean McDermott was known for in Carolina, which is putting together some spare parts in the secondary, is exactly what's happening in Buffalo. Tredavious White was named uh, the NFL Defensive Player of the Month Late first-round pick, immediately making a huge impact. Jordan Poyer, a former Cleveland Brown, which was just kind of a scrap heap guy no one even thought about, is making plays week after week. Last year, under Rex, they were middle of the pack in points allowed. Right now, they are number one in points allowed. I don't think they will be after this game. Part of it is because of the schedule they've played. I'm not that worried about the Falcons. I know they're not as explosive, uh, but I, I think this is a great game, but I, I, I'm not that worried about it. I, I want to go as far as saying I'm worried about them. Did I say worried? Because I didn't really mean that. Yeah, but I just, they're a different, you know, they haven't just, been dominant. I don't sense like sheer panic yeah, coming they're off They're wildly fortunate to be undefeated. I mean, a lot of teams, There's, I think there's only two undefeated teams left, and a lot of a lot went down um, But they've been pretty week. good, though. They, they've, been, they, they've been pretty good. They, they're but, one of the only teams, at least, you kind of know what you're getting every week. A nice, solid 375, 400 plus yards of offense. They're going to be in the game. You're right. They're not. I'm worried about the offense. And I and Matt Ryan. Oh, three interceptions. He's he's uh, on the downslope or something. He's not going to be like last year. He didn't have a bad game last week. I think some of those picks you don't really have to put on uh, Matt Ryan. But I'll be very interested to see how the, how they play at home against a Bills team. You know, we go through a season. Same thing happened last year where we we all get collectively excited about certain defenses, and then as the right. season goes along, they get kind of exposed. I'm not ready to, like, buy in on this Bills defense. I expect the Falcons to score points. I do, too. 30-plus and win this game comfortably. I, I don't because I think Tyrod and LaShawn McCoy – I watch McCoy, and he looks good. I don't think it's I don't think it's him. He's not putting up numbers, but he's playing well. And the respect that Tyrod Taylor gets in terms of the running game – there was one play last week I just want to point out quickly sure. where Von Miller – is coming right at Tyrod Taylor, has a free run at him, and he kind of hesitates and starts playing basketball defense on him because he's afraid Tyrod's going to try to run by him. But instead, Tyrod going to his left, throws against his body 30 yards down the field. No one else is making that play. Tyrod Taylor's making that yeah, play. And I, yeah, I know the same. I get it. You watched that game last week. He'll miss these short to medium throws that probably drive you crazy as a Bills fan, but the guy makes plays every week. Uh, moving on. AFC North North battle, and an interesting one between the Steelers and Ravens. If you go back in the last, let's say, 10 years or so, or, yeah, I guess nine years or so, the Joe Flacco era, 
uh, when that began. No teams play closer games um, than the Ravens and the Steelers. I don't know where they're sending Gene and uh, Tony Romo this week. I think they should send him to this this probably AFC Raiders matchup. Broncos because that's a solo four twenty five game. I'm yeah, sure. probably that that's makes how, sense. That's how TV but That wouldn't be my choice. I think this is going to be a great game. And Mark, um, both teams are coming off absolute stinkers last week. Well, obviously, you know, we, a difficult week for Pittsburgh, and a lot of strange stuff occurred. But I watching, I watched that Ravens game yesterday during a quiet spot at work. Totally impressed with the Jaguars. The Ravens to me look Tell like us more they about had this been quiet spot. Well, just you know, not not a lot of news happening on a Wednesday mid afternoon. So it wasn't a physical spot; it was more a no, quiet no. spot in the day's calendar. In the in my desk, out, yeah, yeah, at yeah. my desk, yeah, not yeah. in my desk. Gotcha. And so I, 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 I my takeaway from Baltimore is that we're, was the entire team on the flight over to London abducted by aliens for like a mm. week. Physical <laughs> experiments go on, and then they land and, and and go on with the game. They looked completely <laughs> out of it, and it was the, I, I cannot explain what happened to the defense against the Jacksonville Jaguars, except that it started with Leonard Fournette dominating them. So is this the week that finally we get Le'Veon Bell back in the mix? Mm. If not, I don't even know if I'd be surprised because of what we saw earlier from Baltimore this season. I think they're 31st in yards per carry right now, the Steelers. So that's insane. I don't know. I don't know how good this Ravens defense is yet. We thought they were good going into the season. You know, I, they did give up 386 yards to the Browns too. That that got for, so I just want to I want to see it. This is such a big game, especially for Baltimore to get that stink off them from last week, the worst game of Flacco's career, and to get a little revenge for the last time these two teams played and played the game of the season Great last game. year. That Antonio Bryan stole the hearts. I, who knows? It could have been the Ravens in the AFC Championship game if not for that game. And you're at you're at home. I feel like this is a game that's a, just a big big game for the Ravens. I more than a, more so than the Steelers. I think it's a, it's it it has to it has to go well for them to defy their their offense as 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 disastrous as the defense was last week. I mean, their offense has operated as a three and out machine. It's it's a tough watch Last in the league in yards and points. It is tough to watch, and it starts with Joe Flacco. I think not healthy. The Steelers were were flat last week, but the Ravens. Yeah, I think the Ravens. This is the team to keep an eye on how they bounce back from this game. How Joe Flacco. Bounces back. We talked about it on Sunday's show, Greg, that he looked he looked okay in week two, and he made, made you think, okay, well, Joe's going to be okay. And then this happens. It was a, a, a was week two the fluco, you know, like mm. what is the flacco? What's the fluco right now? That's what you've always wondered what this has been getting at, Greg. Yeah. Where is this heading towards? Is, when we talk <laughs> about franchise quarterback in 2017 that could get teams big wins at home against a rival, you got Joe Flacco. You got Joe Fluco. We got. He's got to. He's got to produce, Greg. And I think the Steelers are close to breaking out. I'm not that worried about the Steelers. I like the Steelers to go to Baltimore and win this game. Get getting away. They their run defense caved in last week against Chicago. Just, yeah. I mean the the three straight runs for 76 yards at the end. And the Ravens running game is really the most positive thing about this team right now. It's really been consistent. One of the best running games in the league, despite not a lot of talent on paper. But I like this Steelers team better. I think they go and they rip the hearts out it of the Ravens. It concerns me when I watch a Ravens defense that is biting over and over on play action hmm. fakes from Blake Bortles. Yeah. That, I, I'm willing to kind of throw it out, but we'll see. I am if, too. If it's another stinker, then we have something to talk about. And one last note, the Steelers. Are you going to pick this game, AFC North? Come on, Mark. Give us a pick. I'm going to do more than pick it. What? Wait, did you just did Greg remind you that you had a something going he on? He inspired here? me. Oh, inspired. 
The Pittsburgh you, you Steelers. This. You need this, Mark. I am on board with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, I like it. Oof. As a team Sorry, that is going to go into Baltimore. <laughs> and I am so bad at lock it up that I'm going to have to say they're going to lock it up. <laughs> Congratulations, Ravens, getting off the snide after well, a tough Well, I week. mean, I'm getting tweeted out from people saying, please pick Team X that my so team is playing. So if I didn't playing. say anything there, to be clear, you would have not have locked it up. I mean, you that never might know explain where, a lot. You never know where it's going to drop. Uh, and one last note, the Steelers. I'm with you, though. An unprecedented week. I mean, all the, every team, uh, what's going on with, with Trump and the national anthem and the, and the kneeling and, and these protests, this idea uh, that every team has its own situation going on. Uh, the Steelers, if you followed them all week, is, there seems and it feels like it, there's so much going on with them, more than other teams even perhaps. And you want to see how they come out and play this week if this has become a distraction for them. Uh, we have no idea if it was a distraction last week, but they were very flat last week. Definite storyline. After line. everything that happened, a storyline two track moving on. Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of a cliche, but I'm going to use it anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about the toilet bowl. The 0-3 All Cincinnati right. Bengals traveling to... That is not a cliche. That is an insult. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals at home... No, where are we? we they are traveling They are to traveling Cleveland. to Cleveland to face the winless... Don't, don't shrug. Don't put your hand out, Greg. Like, how did you not know which I'm just team saying, was home? You know, the team on the right. It's always <laughs> that's, that's what I thought, but then I saw an at somewhere else. Yeah, don't worry about your own stuff. Claiming there is no home field advantage for the Browns. Cincinnati, Cleveland, two 0-3 teams. Uh, history tells us that the season is over for both teams in terms of the playoffs, but that doesn't mean that's how it plays out. There's always outliers. Uh, but the, what we do know is the team that loses this. We, we're not. I don't think we're doing the fork segment this year. You could say goodbye to that team, and, and we'll start with uh, you on this one, Mark. Um, the Bengals – probably are further along, but if you look at statistically, they've been even worse than the Browns. I What concerns me watching what happened with Cleveland against Indianapolis and also two weeks prior, Antonio Brown fried them for 182 yards. T.Y. Hilton dominated their secondary for 153. They're doing this thing where they put rookie safety Jabril Peppers deep, deep back like a just like a center fielder, and the idea is you're going to take away the big plays. But number one wide receivers have had nothing but big, play, big plays against Cleveland. Now you have A.J. Green, and I think that A.J. Green's, you know, the one he's been positive for Cincinnati despite the fact that too much of their offense runs through him. I don't like the combination of A.J. Green against the secondary and what feels like finally Joe Mixon under Bill Lazor. Clearly the number one running back. And the combination of potentially a breakout Joe Mixon game with A.J. Green dealing with Cleveland's you secondary. You stealing my breakout Joe Mixon prediction? You could have it. You want to share? I mean, it? I would you could share. I will actually just give it to you. But I just feel because, by the way, this would be the roughly in my fandom of the Browns, the 83rd running back that's broken out against Cleveland. So it's not a new thing. Let's talk. I, we should talk about this because at 0-3, it's been a disappointing start given the optimism in the offseasons for the Browns. This is against Cincinnati, another winless team. If the Browns lose this game at home, well, we talked a little bit about this on Tuesday show. Might get a hot butt situation here with Hugh Jackson, which would not would be shocking that that could even be thought of before October comes. But at a certain point, you need some type of results, and we don't have them right now. Well, real quick, I would say it's been just as disappointing to start for Cincinnati. But you have a rookie quarterback, and I honestly, if you, I the fans are going to start to get hot buddy 
about Hugh Jackson <laughs> and the buddy? Browns. But it's inside not, inside not the building, correct they, use of hot buddy. No, but they think. went into this season with a rookie quarterback. You cannot you cannot make decisions after week four. No, he it is. Well, I'm not saying he's going to get fired. I but am just the, saying the talk like, is going to start. It's from a fan angle. You followed from this, a fan angle. It already has. They, you, some, you follow the team extremely closely. You check in on on different websites and everything. Is the is the fans are the fans still behind Hugh at this point? I think the biggest issue is apathy, but the second is to concern that. that the that the that the plan is maybe not taking hold. I you watch the Sean Kaiser, and there's there's no sustaining throws in their offense. It's all boom or bust. But it is so much fun to watch him. I mean, he is exciting. Last week, you know, the, their defense gave up four touchdowns in consecutive drives, I believe, to the Colts. So, I mean, the defense was a huge part of, of that collapse. Kaiser does so much good. I mean, he fills up the box score. He is making crazy plays. He makes plays that drive you crazy. He, he's a fun guy. To, he's an exciting player to watch, and I think overall what he showed in the preseason has come with him to the regular season, and if he can get a little more help, I think there were six drops last week. Certainly the defense didn't there play well. Is there any quarterback I think getting he's doing more a killed? Lot. Is, I think he's doing a lot. I think the getting killed part, no, is on him. Almost all of, almost all the time he, it's him holding on. Like, you can count. He's got to get rid of the ball. Teams are blitzing him because they see that they're not handling it well, and that's the problem of having a rookie quarterback. He's not – you know, you don't know how to set the protections – you got a new center there too, and and guys are just getting in on him. That's partly well. On the there's that. I was going to say, is there any quarterback getting victimized more by his own wide receivers? Eight right. drops last week, and some wow. terrible drops. It's just it, you know, and some crazy plays. I mean, the Kenny Britt touchdown was. We've killed Kenny Britt. This is one of the plays of the year by old Kenny. Uh, Tyler Eifert not playing for Cincinnati, and and you wonder if there's a crisis of confidence thing going on with Andy Dalton, who's really struggled this season. We'll see. He should be able to move the ball uh, against Cleveland. If he doesn't, you start to wonder about A.J. McCarron. From where we are right now, there is a chance Miles Garrett could make his debut. He's practicing. Something to track. All right, moving on. Here's a great game and a game that maybe in August no one would have circled and said, oh, this is going to be a good one. Well, it could be, though, because the Los Angeles Rams <laughs> – Two and one. Nobody's scored more points than the Rams this year. In fact, they have two games out of their first three with more than 40 points, which is crazy, man, because they they were last in scoring last year. And now they go to Big D. They face Dallas, uh, got it done against Arizona um, after that humbling loss to the Broncos. And and, and Greg, uh, Todd Gurley, to me, is a lot. Jared Goff's getting a lot of. Uh, praise which he deserves because he's played a lot better. But Todd Gurley so far, at least to me, ranks as one of the nicer surprises that he seems to have shook off what was a long slump and is again a big-time player. He played with such confidence in that Thursday night game, and and this is a game where you want to see if if they can keep it going because their offensive line is playing well, better for him. Andrew Whitworth has been right there at left tackle, certainly in pass protection as you know the best pickup of anyone in free agency all year. The fact that he really wanted to get out of Cincinnati. Just Did you forget about Josh McCown? So. Uh, I'm going to go give it to Whitworth. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Very and, close. And you want to see, because I don't think this is a Cowboy. This is a Cowboys team where the defense needs to keep them in games more. It's not going to be as explosive a, a Cowboys offense as in the past. I'm still a little concerned by the Cardinals game where Dallas's defense gave up back-to-back like eight-minute drives to start the thing. It's not the total picture because their pass rush is certainly with Demarcus Lawrence like a completely dominating beast right now. They're able to take care of quarterbacks, but I just look at the Rams and say honestly, 
This team, to me, Todd Gurley told Michael Irvin, they have confidence. They never seem to have this confidence under Jeff Fisher on offense. He told Michael Irvin, we're going to whoop up on the boys. <laughs> That's kind of a crazy thing that you never thought you would have heard from the, from the Rams offense coming out of week three. You don't like that, right? You don't like. I don't that type like. Of I think. That, well, I, I don't think it's. It's like if I went out on the internet and like hit up every opposing podcast and was like, "We're so much better than you," and like added well, you guys. It, it's a little ridiculous. For context, but. it was on. It was on the. <laughs> it was in the post game show, and Michael awesome, Irvin actually. <laughs> yeah, I would please, please do, do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael Irvin was sitting there and kind of gave him some you know, grief or whatever. Oh, you got to play my Cowboys. And so he's hey, young he's buck. responding. I, I love that. I love how confident he's playing. I'd like to be more confident in Wade Phillips and the Rams defense. They need to step up against a Cowboys group that hasn't been the same either. Dak Prescott is learning what it's like for most young quarterbacks. Suddenly his protections, not perfect. It's okay. But Lyle Collins on the right side, everyone told me, well, that's a big upgrade. All right, let's see. No, he's been, he's really struggled. I wonder if they reconsider that contract they gave him. Wow. And Dak Prescott's learned what it's like to not really have much of a running game either. They've been an okay running I'm, game, not not a great running game, and a, not an explosive element down the field. Hmm. Get get as deep. Unless I mis, uh, misunderstood what you said earlier, Greg, are you confident in saying that you just don't think this offense is going to be good as last year? Oh, no, I think they'll get year? better. Okay. I don't think they're going to be as good as last they're, year. They're not there yet, certainly, and maybe they'll never get there, but you say it could still happen. I don't think they're going to get to last year's level, no. But I think that's like the Falcons. They were just on such another worldly level. Yes, that's that, true. That One no quick chance. thing on Dez. Janoris Jenkins, Aqib Tlaib, Chris Harris, Patrick Peterson. That's who you dealt with so far. I do think there's a chance that he, but get, he turns the corner. All Dez used point. to get his, his – uh, I get it. I'm not saying he's Dez one, from 2012 you know, or something. He's not that one, old. It's not yeah. like Dez is 34. Here's one yeah. thing, though. He's he's out there just one-on-one. There's there's no yeah. – you know, I was watching Peterson in that game, and they were just out there one-on-one. And that's – receivers want that situation. Also, a little bit of a different take. On Tuesday's show, Greg, you said that Bryce Butler started to pipe up about he wished he had more fantasy points, and then Dez is like, settle down, young buck. <laughs> yeah. Like – how about the idea that he's to himself? He's like, what did he have? Two two, two catches for, for eleven two for yards. Twelve, yeah. Like maybe he's annoyed because Bryce Butler is is honking <laughs> about three for ninety and that not being good enough. And like, what happened when I used to be a guy that was at the top of the leaderboards in receiving yards? I wonder if there's some frustration behind the scenes. Although I don't deny he's probably a better leader than he was when he was younger. <laughs> well, let's see if he's actually happy with his numbers so far this year and, and whether he's going to point some fingers. This is a great game. Step up, Rams the game. defense. I think the Rams defense is going to get better over the course of the season, and they start this week, and they pull off a road upset. Ooh, 3-1 and one for the Rams. Hmm. What about you, Mark? I'm going to go with Dallas. In a, in a game, though, that, we, that only builds our confidence in the Rams as a mm. long-term operation. Okay. Hmm. I'll go with the Rams moving to 3-1 as well. Moving on, here we go. Uh, the Tennessee – I have to say this. I don't want to you know, get anybody upset. The Titans. Titans. Well, you're still, you know, you're refusing the, to to the Tennessee Titans. Well, that's you can, respectful. You can take it up with the fan base. Is that not respectful? I think it Why gets, can't you just it say gets it the slightly right way. closer Titans. to respect. The Titans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they got their win uh, at home against the Seahawks, and uh, nice nice job there. They won two in a row after their opener lost to Oakland. Now they travel to Houston uh, to face the Texans. Uh, oh, the Texans came so close. So close to upsetting uh, the Patriots. In fact, as close as you could come. If you if you rewatch that game, it had to be so painful. And uh, now they get a uh, they get a chance to um, pull even with the Titans. And uh, 
And uh, Greg, you know, remember Lamar Miller was my boy uh, last summer. I was I thought he would be a big player for them. I lost some sandwiches on it. They had a chance to salt that game away against the Patriots and give the cr- Patriots all the credit in the world. They got the stop third and one uh, right around the, I think, around the 30-yard line. They need one yard, and they got stuffed. They kicked the field goal and then lost because Brady scored a touchdown. I want some onions from Bill O'Brien. I would have went for that because it's like you get two chances to get one yard, and if you get the one yard, Tom Brady can't hurt you. Game over. And instead, he played it safe, and he should have known better because he used to coach up there, and then Tommy Boy banged him, even though Tommy Boy needed to get lucky himself for that to happen. It was a tough, it was a tough one, though. Because I don't want to get caught up in you know reliving that game, but they had – made the Patriots punt three or four straight times at that point. Still, it's and right. if I was the Texans, I wouldn't be confident in picking up that one yard because of the way that that game went. I, what I would have liked to see is get the ball in Deshaun Watson's hand, yes. have him rolling out because he is just something Looks special with the ball good. in his hands. Just the next level of elusiveness, getting away from defenders, try to you know get him on the edge and try to have one of those Patriots linebackers run after him. And then you're doing okay. If they, if they, if the defense holds up there, Deshaun Watson is the number one non-anthem NFL story of the week. The fact that he went in there and just dropped a hammer. He, had, he made some mistakes, but he made some plays to put up 30-plus points in Foxborough. Absolutely. Total artistry on the ground to the point where, I mean, he had the Patriots on ice. Like Every time he had the ball, there were three or four occasions in that game, and it's going to translate to this Titans game too, where the, a would-be sacker had almost a hand around or on Watson, and he's skating backwards, doing figure eights. He's floating to his left, to his right. And then, on top of it, he's picking up yardage or finding a guy. There's one pass he made across the field for a first down, and it's like this is stuff you're seeing. It reminds me of, like, young John Elway, to be honest. Mm. They're not the same style player in every way, but vision across the entire playing field. You, you see when – uh, his college coach, uh, Dabo Sweeney, said that any team that will pass on him is like passing on Michael Jordan. You could see the best version of what this guy can be just by what we've seen already, that the all that ability is there. And if he has the other traits that are necessary in terms of uh, the diligence behind the scenes, the uh, ability to continue to, to build your game as you, as you get more and more comfortable in the NFL – he really does look like he could become that franchise quarterback that Houston has been looking for really since they became an NFL team. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, guys, the, 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 the Titans, um, are they now, in your eyes, all kidding aside, are you not worried about them? You think this is a team that's going to fulfill that potential, become like an 11-win type team? And, and if they are, they should be able to beat the Texans, I think. I think you have to keep – Winning these, this is the kind of game you have to win if we're going to keep looking at it that way. This stuff, this these teams change from week to week in 2017. I, I what I I want to see how they handle Texas, the Texans' pass rush, which a good test put a hurt on Brady, and they and they created there were more turnovers they could have had than they even right. did. I don't want to hear they, I don't want to hear any more about like oh JJ Watt struggling doesn't have a sack this year. He's been great the last great. two weeks. He's getting better every week. The Texans though have had two of the toughest losses. I feel like <laughs> that was a tough one for them to take, and they and they admitted it. I mean they in the one in the opener that they lost after the hurricane that was a tough one to take too. And there this is going to be a tough matchup because. Okay, you know, Deshaun Watson's exciting, but Marcus Mariota is kind of – he's maturing. He's turning into that guy that you really trust week after week. I think it's almost been overlooked how good the Titans have been offensively the last two weeks. 
27 points against the Jaguars on five straight possessions. They just went, you know, they just made the Jaguars defense look terrible. 34 34 points on six straight scoring possessions against the Seahawks. I mean, this team is efficient. Every week I write down a Dory Jackson's name, and I always forget to say it. This He could be the next great punt returner. Hasn't quite happened in the NFL yet. I love this Titans team. He's going to have a game where he has like two – two returns for scores because he had one called back already and every time he touches the ball and I think as a cornerback it still feels like a lot of up mm. and down with him yeah. but as a special teams player my god reminds me a little bit of Tyree Kill in terms of his return ability and that offense mm-hmm. and just everything coming together I, I think going. you smell what I'm cooking right okay. here Uh-oh. I'm gonna lock it up <laughs> I am so happy you did that Greg because Deshaun Watson's a special player Oh, no. Special player that's just starting to find his footing. I'm talking there's potential here for this thing to go airborne, this thing to go rocket ship launch, RG3 2012 type stuff. And then you factor in that defensive front. Oh, J.J. Watt, no sacks. This is oh, He's never done this. It's been years. No, J.J. Watt, <laughs> like Greg said, making plays every week, still dominant. And guess what? Sacks come in bunches. J.J. Watt, so overdue to wreck a game. And he's going to wreck pretty boy Marcus Moriota. Everybody's like, you don't even pronounce Moriota, Mariota, Mariota, whatever. It doesn't matter because give me Deshaun Watson Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm going to look it up. It's a lock off. I want to get into this. I'm going to lock up the tie potentially just to have some <laughs> element. I'll tell you what happens, though. The Texans secondary better show up. They got mm. flamed. How how more open could Chris Hogan have been in the game last week? They Brandon Cooks, this, give me a break with that. This is, I mean, I'll tell you what will happen is uh, if Dan goes down uh, two straight lockoffs to me, it's going to be tough to show up to the to the podcast. I, I don't know how I'll do it. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know if we still do the, the segment or, or what. Or Says the guy that in shame. Was, so, was so freaked out and anxiety-ridden that we had to get rid of the uh, – what did we have to drop because Greg's sensitive heart couldn't handle it? Oh, uh, multiple hero segments. picks. Oh, hero picks. Uh, that's you know, that was that was a man like cowering in the face of picks. I will take my beating like a man, but it's not going to happen this week. Come on, Houston Texans. Come on, Deshaun. Let's move on. Getting rid of the hero picks. Listeners love that. I didn't get rid of it. You've told me many times since you like not picking games. <laughs> Give me a break. The Detroit Lions, two and one, tied first in the NFC North. Oh, who they tied with? The Minnesota Vikings. I love this. This is the good stuff. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, Sam Bradford going to be out again with this, I'm going to say it, mysterious knee injury. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, everybody wrote off the Vikings last week with Case Agatha Keenum. Christie. And then he went off and played the game of his life. Was that kind of a, you know, a shooting star performance and one not to count on again? I wouldn't count on that type of performance again. Or anything close to it. Are we going to see more like we've always seen in Case Keenum for the most part? His, his, the talent around him is good enough to lift him up. So if he can get protected, which he did last week, I don't know if it'll happen every week, the receiver combination, and our friend Matt Harmon, I think, pointed this out, and I agree. R- right now, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs might be the best wide receiver duo in the league. Dalvin Cook is one of 
one of the better starting running backs already, it looks like, in the league. I mean, maybe not top five or anything, but the, his ability to kind of press the hole and then bounce outside, that's big. And you have a great defense, and you're at home. That's a lot of support you're giving Case Keenum, and I think he can do enough to, to win this game with all that support. Yeah, I mean, they have two games where they came very close to 500 yards on offense, and it's not a fluke. And then I look at, like, Xavier Rhodes and this Viking secondary, watching them against the Bucks last week. They frustrated Mike Evans. You know, Deshaun Jackson didn't really get involved until late in that game. Everyone talked about the Bucks as this explosive, weapons-rich attack that no one could slow down. The Vikings completely removed that passing game from that, opera- from that entire contest. This is a huge game for Detroit. You're on the road, you're in the division, and you get Case Keenum. Like, if this is the type of team that's thinking, all right, 10-11 wins or let's compete with the NFC North, this is, this is a big kind of division game that you can pick off early because it's tough to go to there to Minnesota, but it's Case Keenum. I mean, you got you got to take advantage of an opportunity like that. Except the Case Keenum threw aggressively last week, and he looked fantastic. He was That was the most confident Case Keenum first half I've ever seen. I mean, he looked he looked completely in control. I don't know if it's a massive downgrade. Well, nothing makes sense anymore. I do. I, I mean, I'm just saying in this offense, not not if Keenum you put showed Ke- up again. Not if you put Case Keenum on another team in right. this offense over ten he- weeks, but for one week maybe. Yeah. If that Case Keenum shows up every week, the Vikings are first of all never going to put him back on the bench. <laughs> Second of all, they might be playing in the Super Bowl in their own building. So I'm, but I'm, I just don't, I don't see it happen. Let's see him do it again, and then we could talk. Let's move on. The Carolina Panthers. Uh, ooh, what a tough, tough, tough loss. Uh, got beat up in their own building, and Cam Newton did not look good throwing three picks. And now they go to New England. Nice setup there for the throne of ease by the schedule makers. Get the Panthers in there when they're still figuring out their stuff. Well done. What does that even mean? They, we thought we were like they were one of the best teams in the league a week ago. No, it's just like should we get Cam? We should we put him? All right, let's let's figure this out, guys. Should we put the Panthers? In New England week 13 when Camp's shoulders back to normal, we should get him in there September when he's just figuring out his stuff and he can't even throw a a straight line for five yards. Yeah, high fives all around. (laughs) That's been a look at the schedule-making backroom (laughs) operations of the National Football League. Well, Cam Newton's got one of, if not the strongest arms of the league right now post-surgery. So I don't want to hear about – It's not about arm strength. Maybe it's accuracy, about, but he was never. He is a mess in terms of being able to move a team on a regular basis right now. I think it's overstated. I think it's the fact that Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson weren't there for them last week, and for an offense that never practiced together all off season and trying to change things around. I like it, Cam could be healthy. He looks healthy to me. He's running pretty well. He he throws it pretty well. It's more of a global offensive issue. I couldn't agree more. I think the minute that Greg Olson went out, that offense changed. And I, I'll say, I'll go, forget the throne of ease business right now because, yes, probably I'll be totally wrong, and they'll just sail on to 13 Is he going to lock it up? I ain't locking anything up. Here's what concerns me if I'm a Patriots fan that's had nothing but shiny autumns go, dating back to freaking pre-9-11. Give me a break. I see a 10-11 nice and 6 team right here. Whoa. I see a ten and six type team, and I'm sure they'll shake it out and figure it all out. But their defense—I so this yeah. Patriots defense cannot rush the passer. They got absolutely flamed by Deshaun Watson. They could not handle a mobile quarterback, and I am watching Tom Brady get hit in a way that he has not in a long time. That was a disastrous pass protection game for the Patriots against the Texans. Well, Disastrous. Their, their tackles have struggled all year, and that was my takeaway. Finally, rewatching that is Tom Brady's doing too much. You cannot expect him to play at this level. You just can't. His tackles are struggling. 
that running game, which I was all jazzed up about going into the season. Can you guess what the long run of the of the New England Patriots are this year? I'd 14. Say, yeah, about I'd say eight about, yards. Oh, my God. It's an eight yard. That's but what? But but they're also using they, their running backs as pass catchers. Absolutely, they've been absolutely. and that's effective. But they need for. For a Need minute, I started to think, like, do they miss LeGarrette Bunt a little? I don't They're know. They're just so like, pass-heavy. He'll be back. He'll be back. Their passing worry. game is phenomenal. Like, they, what they can do through the air is pretty but, exciting to watch. But I, but I don't incomplete. think it can keep up when the ta- if, if Nate Solder, their left tackle, plays that bad, if they're not getting a running game, if the defense is not playing as well. This, The 3-4, remember, you know, Bill Belichick kind of, he's known for the 3-4, right? He's known for his linebackers. Yep. Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, and Willie McGinnis, and Teddy Bur- the, the, the Patriots don't have any linebackers. They've played with three linebackers on the field five plays this season. They've played with one linebacker on the field for 57 plays, and that's the changing NFL to some degree, but it's also just a thin position. They don't David have Harris line. playing at all? No, not at no, all. Interesting. He's just buried. You know, my, my thoughts, having tracked this Patriots team through, I was going to say good and bad, but like great and good, uh, over the years is like right now they're first in offense, no surprise, and totally yardage. Last in defense, that is a surprise. Uh, but by the end of the season, I think just the masterful job the coaching staff does, led by Belichick, I, I would imagine by the end of the year you'll see them kind of in the middle of the pack. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and that's all they really need to get to, and then Tommy will handle the rest. So, But if you want to pick off the Patriots right now, this is the time to do it. That's why the Houston Texans are going to really – I know they were kicking themselves. They're going to really regret it when the, Texan, when the Patriots really round into form. And maybe the Panthers have the same open window to take advantage of the, the Patriots who haven't quite figured it out yet. And they've often struggled with – running quarterbacks, including Cam Newton, who had a, a nice, memorable Monday hmm. night win over them four years ago. Let's uh, move on. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who, of course, went to London, to Wembley Stadium. Is this week's uh, international series game also at Wembley? This? Excuse me? Yeah. Uh, well, the, ga- the, uh, the, the the Saints game is at <laughs> Wembley, yes. Okay. Thank you. That's all I was asking. I know. I wasn't. I just wasn't. <laughs> just wondering if it maybe went to what Twickenham. It was. It was Twickenham. essentially Greg. Twickenham? What is the mystery of the Sphinx? I think the that's Browns what, that's game. What Greg might be. heard with that question. <laughs> the Browns game is at Twicken. I call it Twick. I call it the Twick. The T. The T. Uh, anyway, so forty-four-seven wipeout of the Ravens. Everybody trying to make sense of that one still. The and Twicker. That, the Twicker. And then uh, have a Twick. All right. <laughs> hey, let's go meet a Twick. <laughs> um, what? What are we doing? Uh, they go to the Meadowlands now to face the Jets. They are favorites in this game. The Jacksonville Jaguars, road favorites. Who would have thunk it? Uh, but I'll, I'll say this, Greg. I The Jets are still a bad team, bad football team. There's just too many holes on the team. But you saw the, the best version of the Jets against the Dolphins that can make plays on defense and the veteran quarterback doesn't uh, blow the game up. In fact, makes a couple plays. The idea that Jaguars are going to have an easy win, I don't see 44-7 here by any stretch. No, I thought about locking this up for the Jaguars, but I don't know. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I know there's a little part of you that's thinking, Ooh, can we be 2-2 two and two coming out of here and be a little fun story? Uh, I would be really, really torn if they won again because, yes. There this would, is a very winnable as game. A Jets, as a, just a, a fan of the Jets, um, there would be something fun about that, but I still – Big picture, no, that that would probably hurt. Scam them. for Sam Fabitz, the cornerback out of Texas <laughs> Southern. The the one thing you want if you're you know a Jets fan more than anything is some young players to get excited and build around. And Jamal Adams just oh seems like he's all over the place. He's just really 
a, a special guy. Like you, you think of Hurl Thomas or something like that. He had those two plays back to back last week. And he's done this a few times this season where he'll just make plays in succession. But one where he's covering a receiver going up the slot, and at the last second he sees what Cutler's doing. He peels off. He runs across the field like Superman, flies through the air, and breaks it up. The very next play, he rushes the passer. He's going up against a left tackle. A little safety going up against left tackle. He, he didn't pass him or anything, but he had kept his eyes on the quarterback, and when he saw the chance, he sprung and he sacked Cutler on that play. I mean, this is next-level stuff. It's got to be exciting. It's very exciting to have, like, a young star defender, and the Jets are – notorious and unlucky franchise, but two out of the last four years, they were at number six on the draft board and ended up getting a guy that could easily been a top pick in a draft and, and Leonard Williams. And now Jamal Adams, I think he has that type of potential. He played all over the field. Uh, like Greg was saying, cornerback safety linebacker. I mean, he, he did it all. And that's exactly the type of guys you got to build around. Marcus May is the other guy that got talked up this summer. I uh, haven't uh, seen as much as hi- uh, uh, from him, but, Adams is really flat. When it, it makes your entire defense better because a guy like Terrence Brooks, who had a big game, when you're safe, when your safety is playing the, the player way, of the week. Yeah, I mean, he's, it, their whole secondary tackled very well. Give me a break. Demario Davis, a guy that got traded by, from the Browns for Calvin Pryor, who's on his fourth or fifth team at this point since then. A guy who's just a dude, right? He played a fantastic game against the Dolphins. But I'll tell you what, on the flip side, you want good secondary play. Yeah. AJ Boye. Jalen Ramsey. You know what they remind me of when I watch them together, the way they dominated last week? A Jags team that ran a fake punt when they're up 37 to nothing. They're feeling themselves. Hello. They remind me, and this is going way back to watching Frank Minifield and Hanford Dixon when the Browns had two cornerbacks that shut teams down. I am very old. <laughs> but they, when the Jaguars can do that, what we're seeing is not a fluke. They are shutting down passing on games defense. entirely. The yes. Jaguars are not a, a fluke on defense. It's a matter of... That Blake Bortles that that threw for right. like 300 yards in it the first half It helps when you're week. not down by 25 points when you're a quarterback. But the the Jags are going to win this game, I believe, because I think you're going to need multiple kind of dimensions on offense to move the ball on them with because of Ramsey and Bouye. I think their longest reception Ramsey's given up all year is eight yards. So I just don't see the Jets having enough dimensions to really score any points. No, Josh McCown has played very well this season. I think he has a lot of trouble in this game. And Do you I, like Robbie Anderson? He's, he, I like Elijah he's McGuire. Yeah. I do, I do. Robbie Anderson's raw. He, Robbie he's Anderson definitely a playmaker. I, th- I don't know, he might be a knucklehead. I got, I've got my eye on Robbie. Whether he's a guy <laughs> that you build, that build uh, well, just okay. do some research on him. Um, here we go. Week four, moving on. The San Francisco 49ers traveling to Arizona. Ken's got a big file of Robbie Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Wes, no, anyone Wes who's, has anyone who's making file. plays for you right now, please. Um, you know, Wes has his Cincinnati Bengals file. I have my Robbie Anderson file. That's that's a true story. Uh, all right, the the Niners zero and three, but you know, eh, almost won last week. That's nice. Scored some points, so you got something to build off at least. And now they got to face the Cardinals. And we talked about this on our Pick'em Show, which you could uh, watch all this weekend, Friday, uh, Saturday, and, and Sunday. Maybe check your local listings. I'm Very not, early Sunday. But. I don't believe it's on on Friday, but it is on <laughs> 9 a.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Paci- 2 p.m. Eastern, and 11 p.m. Eastern, and you can do the math after that. And then, yes, it is on Sunday morning as well. I think 6 a.m. All right, so Saturday and Sunday. Anyway, we talked about um, what is like a who-do-you-trust scenario. 
the Niners feeling a little better about themselves, scoring some points and almost pulling off that game last Thursday. But then you got the Cardinals, one and two, uh, dispiriting loss to the Cowboys at home. Uh, and now they're at home again, needing a win at one and two. And there's a, there's desperation. Desperation, uh, Mark, is a powerful thing. I feel like the Cardinals, when healthy, could play with almost anyone in the league. And we saw that early on against the Cowboys. I think the biggest key here is to not have, A, you don't put Carson Palmer into a situation where he has to move with his feet or where he's lying on his back and they're getting Mike Upati back, 100% chance, he said, to play Sunday. And the Cardinals feel like they're going to get left tackle DJ Humphreys back. I think that automatically stabilizes an offense that is a big problem because I don't like any of their running backs. It's essentially channeled all through Larry Fitzgerald at this point, but they did move the ball against Dallas despite their offensive line injuries last week. They're they're a limited team on on both sides of the ball, and I, I want to see some of the defensive players. You know, we heard a lot, and I, I talked up Tyron Matthew in the offseason, and he did make a game-winning, you know, a huge interception in this season, so it's not like he hasn't been there. But I'd like to see him be a little more active. You know, him and Patrick Peterson, it's it's weird that Tyvon Branch is making more plays Win in some the secondary games. than them. All right, moving on, the Philadelphia Eagles, 2-1. <laughs> and one, uh, And they had, of course, a dramatic, dramatic win uh, when their uh, kicker, Jake Elliott, drilled a 61-yarder to beat the Giants. In fact, real quick, uh, Erica, I know the the Eagles tweeted out the Spanish language broadcast of Elliott's game winner. You guys want to hear that? Sometimes that's fun. Yes. Elliott! Sí! Lo ganó Jake Elliott! 61 yardas! Well, he said yes out of the gate. That I got. There you go. That was. I, I knew every that. word there. By the way, you guys not as plugged in. Well, the I, there is a time in around. It was around 1998. I will say that I took a mind-altering drug in New York City and rode the subway system and could literally read Spanish on these Spanish subway signs. <laughs> and I am not kidding. I was doing it with a friend. And they it was also no, illegal. It was a legal over-the-counter. This is 98. Well, can't touch me. <laughs> Mr. Sessler, come with us. Can't touch me. All right, so the Eagles 2-1 and one after that dramatic win. They traveled to <laughs> – I don't believe that, by the way, but I love this story. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers winless, and, uh, you know, what can you say? I mean, Doug Peterson has, has the Eagles uh, scoring points on offense, uh, the, and the Chargers, they just can't – they can't get out of their own way. I need to – see more out of the Seagulls team, even though I, I did pick them to win the division to really, I re- they're one of the teams. I feel like I have no feel for yet what they really are on a week to week basis. And they've had a lot of injuries. Uh, Michael Kendricks has stepped up and is playing well for them at linebacker. But when you look at the Chargers, you'd, you kind of do know what you're getting a little bit out of their defense, which is it's soft in the middle. It's You're getting some Gus Bradley complaints already from the Chargers fans, just like there were complaints about him you know, in Jacksonville, that, that you can run on this team, and that's a great recipe for the Eagles because I think they really did find – I think they want to be a running team. But, you know, with with Wentz as a, as a guy who can threaten you running, and I think their line is really set up to be a good run blocking team. Well, we finally saw that last week with LeGarrett Blunt. I just I, – And Smallwood. I, I don't understand this Chargers team. I, I, I feel like we saw – you know, Melvin Gordon got hurt at halftime and missed almost all of the second half. Opened up looking great. I thought it was his best half of the season, and I think that's what they want to be. I don't think they want to keep putting everything on Phillip Rivers' plate over and over. 
But it felt to me watching them again, just sort of this desperation offense where you have all this talent and that no one really seems to be the core anchoring force. They're just zinging the ball downfield left and right. And I'd rather see a more balanced offense where maybe, you know, Keenan Allen plays a more significant role week to week versus just deep shots over and over. And on the other side of the ball, it has been, yes, some of our fantasy friends uh, here at NFL Media and anybody else that plays fantasy football, uh, it's been an apocalypse at the tight end position this year. One guy that has been active and is a guy you can get behind, Zach Ertz, who uh, leads the NFL in targets, receptions, receiving yards, first downs. Uh, he is – him and Car- Carson Wentz, they could be – a tandem for a long time. We'll see if they. Well, that's how Doug Peterson used Ertz in Kansas City. And, so, and or Jason, Travis Kelsey. One thing with the Chargers is just that Jason Verrett is out for the season. When we haven't really talked about it, and that's one of the they they're a better team in theory than they are in practice because Jason Verrett, who we think of, okay, you got a good secondary, but he's never on the field. He's missed more than half the games of in his career, and he's going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, moving on, the New York Giants winless after uh, that loss to the Eagles now travel to Tampa to face the Buccaneers, who are a bit a bit Jekyll and Hyde at this stage, Mark. Uh, they looked every bit as good as you thought they would in their first game in Week 2 against the Bears and then just kind of got whooped up on uh, by the Vikings. Uh, last week, there was even maybe a little bit of shade being thrown by Mike Evans on social media uh, that maybe he was open a lot and just was not being properly targeted by mm, his that. buddy hmm. Jameis Winston. Uh, so a little bit uh, of juice around the, uh, the Bucks. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Well, I, I can imagine, as yeah, you said, Jekyll and Hyde, they're probably going to bounce back, and the Giants are in a place of desperation. But if I want to make a case for New York, what they did in the final you know, 20 minutes against the Philadelphia Eagles, their passing game finally woke up, and I watched a Bucks team that got literally evaporated by the Vikings offense. That the, they just Ryan, disappeared. Ryan Smith, the Bucks cornerback, was literally destroyed by Stephen Diggs last week. I, it was it was one of the messiest performances I've like seen by a secondary. Stephon it's, Diggs. It was embarrassing. He's gone. It was old in, Stevie Diggs just destroying. He's been destroyed. Stephon, it was embarrassing. And I and honestly, the Giants left a lot of points on the board in that game. So I I don't know. I I would Tampa Bay can be taken through the air. And if New York can, if Eli Manning can start the way he did last week and if they can stay as hot towards the end, they can make this another game that they'll probably lose in heartbreaking fashion. Well, Ryan Smith is Brent Grimes's replacement and Grimes will be back this week. So that's a huge that helps. plus. But Quan Alexander and Levante David look like they're both going to be out again. And that really takes out, you know, what was interesting about this defense is you had playmakers on the defensive line with McCoy, and then that linebacker group is kind of the core of that defense, and now you don't have the both your guys. They're really not the same team. Am I crazy? I really think the Giants are going to win this it's game. It's not crazy. I, it's not crazy at all. I mean, the Bucks also, they missed Doug They're Martin not right heavy now. favorites uh, in this game, so it's, it, it shows that the Bucks pe- people are wondering about them because they're off in that first week against the Bears. The offense struggled. You know, They didn't need to do much, but the offense really hasn't gotten going. Hey there. Hey you, area eight-year-old, still trying to figure out the alphabet, basic phonetics in the larger world beyond your safe front door while you live in a swirl of looped, mind-numbing, fan-made videos of cute kittens on YouTube. How about you up your game? How about you look toward the east at the accomplishments of English philosopher, economist, and civil servant John Stuart Mill? At the age of eight, John Stuart Mill took up studying Latin texts, algebra theory, and the works of Euclid, 
Instead of being locked on some device like a freewheeling child zombie, Mill's spare time was composed of pouring through dense historical texts. But only after the eight-year-old intellectual workhorse ripped through every commonly taught Latin and Greek author available to students of the day. By the age of 10, John Stuart Mill could read Plato with the ease of a drowsy parent cycling through Goodnight Moon. His father also urged 10-year-old John Stuart Mill to study and compose his own poetry. One of Mill's earliest poetic compositions was a continuation of the Iliad. Are you listening, lazy children of the modern day? He penned a sequel to the Iliad. When John Stuart Mill felt the urge to let his hair down, he dabbled in popular lighter fare such as Don Quixote and Robinson Crusoe. Dubbed the most influential English-speaking philosopher of the 19th century, Mill once famously told a crowd of teenage never-do-wells, one, one person with a belief <laughs> is equal to a force of 99 who only have interests. Young children of America, dust off the cobwebs and get to work. Get on your skateboards, your unicycles, your dogs serving as small horses, and your $430 hoverboards, and zoom on over to Mr. Flame's high school economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands, today! <laughs> I mean, first of all, I don't know who greenlights those. I don't know how it helps Mr. Flame's class. Um, a lot of information in there. It was comprehensive. The copy's going to get on one page. The turn, the page turn in the middle of the copy. Dramatic, yeah. Listen, I have to make it a large text. It's crazy <laughs> stuff. I'm just glad I don't have like a, an eight-year-old kid, or I would, I'd be worried that that was a large like subtweet at my children. That was a compos composite of every eight-year-old American child today. The Iliad ref was was big time. <laughs> Luke's got that's factual. Luke's by the way, Luke's got to be worried. He's what? He's he's seven now. He's good. He's coming up to a big age. <laughs> he yeah, he's exempt from this. <laughs> All right, moving on. The Oakland Raiders two and two and one. Um, and now uh, they take on – ooh, this is a saucy one. This must be the uh, Gene Tony game, like Greg said. They got the Denver Broncos. It is. I, by the way, I have confirmed. Okay, good, good, good. So this is the Raiders offense against the Broncos defense, Greg. Uh, you, you like Denver's chances. I know you do. I do. I was thinking of locking this one up. I think this is the game of the week. I'm glad that Tony Romo's on it. I hope uh, you know our downstairs editor doesn't assign Mark to this game so I can watch it freely. Downstairs I mean, editor. You could just simply request it. I'm no, not, I'm not going to get in your way. Okay, maybe I'll request it. Because this is a big game for the Raiders. You come out after that primetime game, you want to show that that's not your offense. If you're Amari Cooper, I think you want to show that the, the drops that he's had – all season and the mental errors, you know, on one, that first car interception, he slows down on his route. That type of stuff happens too much for a, a, for him to really be a top notch receiver. Their offensive line had, you know, an embarrassing game for them considering how good they are. And now they got to go up against what I think might be the best defensive line in the league. And you don't think of the Broncos that way, but the way they line up, Von Miller and Shaq Barrett are on the line of scrimmage. So you can call them a linebacker. I don't care. They, they're on the line of scrimmage and Derek Wolf. And next to him, Shelby Harris, who's come out of nowhere this year, are both really playing well. And these four players, they, they, they even played well in Buffalo for the for the most part. I think they could give Oakland problems again. It's a great matchup. And it's really kind of the way the Chiefs are playing right now. You don't want to fall to two and two. If you're the Raiders, you don't want to lose two straight high-profile games. It's, that, that would shake them up a little bit. I think you summed it up perfectly. We talked last preview show about the Raiders having talent-wise maybe the most talent of any offense in the league. I mean, it starts with their two wide receivers. And who would have thought 
we would have seen what happened against Washington secondary. Now you go deal with Denver's, which is you know on paper much better. And I again, mile I, high madness. I think it's I think playing in Denver is is another just like Buffalo, another underrated venue. And I I don't I think this is a this is a gut check for the Raiders because you're suddenly in a hole you never thought you'd be here at this point in the season. No offense moves in the Rocky Mountain blizzard. Marshawn Lynch, not a run over 15 yards this entire season. This is a huge game. I'm workshopping nicknames, guys. Just the, I, what is this? The Marsh. The oh, the, no, give the, it to no us fly, again. No fly zone. Not, oh, not right. my thing. I didn't even put it together. You can't march an offense through the Rocky Mountain blizzard. Not bad. What about when it's sunny there? Yeah. I don't know. It's, Isn't it always a blizzard at the top of a mountain? Just like I mean, Rocky Mountain blizzard is uh, that, like that a big works. Time mountain. It works. Like an elite mountain. Isn't it always snowing up there? This this needs I'm to be a Marshawn Lynch game because the Broncos, they played dime defense, six defensive backs on the field, 57% of the time. So that's their defense. Six to, they're daring teams to run on them. And that's, that's why I think that the front line's been so good. They put a lot of pressure on that front line, and teams haven't really run through them at all. They've, they stuffed McCoy. They stuffed Zeke. Who else did they stuff? Gordon. They've been great stopping the run. I got you like pointed at me, like sticking it to me, like I've been an anti-dime defense <laughs> guy for decades. You I, have. I can own read, up to it. You I can have. read between the lines. Um, I have a couple thoughts, and then we got to move on uh, on uh, Denver. First of all, Jamal Charles definitely has juice. Three really Love nice him. runs, yep. uh, including that touchdown. It's he's basically the opposite of the. AP effect in New Orleans. They got a veteran who's really helped their offense. Offense and uh, Trevor Simeon. Uh, I thought he actually played a pretty solid game. Uh, with the ex- the two picks though, were like straight out of the Mark Sanchez playbook. I, I had to like do a double take because they were that bad. It like, fell apart at the end for him. Yeah, they were kind of uh, really ill ill fated decision making and maybe over trusting his physical abilities in that spot. Uh, so I'm not going to go crazy about it, but they were very bad passes, and you want to take that out of his repertoire. Let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, two one and two games and. Uh, you got to like that Jake Brisket who uh, has essentially. Ooh, slice me off a piece of that Jake Brisket. Whoever thought that drop would get as much mileage as it has. Uh, he's He has the potential now. We'll be at we'll be at the NFL honors as Jake Brisket picks up his second MVP <laughs> award in the year 2024. Still it's just being it. played over and over again. And we're all going mad. Uh, you know, if he, he is in position now as he travels to Seattle to face the Seahawks, uh, where he could save the season or at least hand it over to Andrew Luck, who's starting to make some progress now, we're hearing. Uh, his return may not be imminent, but he's on the grid now. So you have that situation with the Colts. So they have they have a quarterback they can trust a little bit, which was not Scott Tolzien. And then you have the Seahawks, uh, Mark, who are one of the mysteries of the NFL season. The offense, obviously. But I'm going to also bring up the defensive line, which once they got Sheldon Richardson was supposed to be like uh, to to use a Shekism, gangbusters, but they've been a league average unit. They're not making plays, and and you're wondering what is going on with the Seahawks. Period. Mm. Yeah, I mean, two weeks ago, 159 yards on the ground given up. Last week, 195 to the Titans. My concern a little bit for the Colts is this matchup. A, it's in look, it's in Seattle. It's prime time. Seattle wants to shake off a lot of the early critique they got. I honestly think that matters in a game like this, and we could maybe just get a good old fashioned Seattle. Type, just a wipeout type game. That said, the Colts do a lot of things well. I just don't know if they if what they do well is what Seattle doesn't. Like the Frank Gore, I think has looked good this season, but I don't think that you look at them as a ground game at all. They're not. They're just a very average running team. 
And can they go away and make big plays down the field? T.Y. Hilton destroyed Cleveland's secondary last week, but now you're dealing with Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, and Seattle's. I, I, it, Colts also got good pass rush against the Browns. I don't know what that means, except that Seattle is certainly – they can be victimized that way. I think Russell Wilson should take some confidence and the offensive line should in the way that they played in Tennessee. It's not like those were garbage time points. They were never totally out of that game, and they put up – they put up a lot of points. Like that, that was a, a building block type of game. I, I think the Colts are playing over their head, and they played better at home than they will on the road. And this is a, a recipe for a wipeout for a Seahawks team that's just been mediocre. I mean, if you look at Football Outsiders right now, they have the 17th best offense and the 18th best defense. You do not expect that's to see mediocre. 18th best no. defense out of the Seahawks. But I can't think of a team that's more. I not, don't know why. I don't think they're comfortable with it. I think that's that's a problem to them. But they Richardson they always round. No, he and also I think Richard hasn't done much. How about Averill Richard Sherman? I think Richard Sherman last week he lost was, his head, and he and I think the whole the whole thing that affected mm-hmm. that game. The Richard Sherman three penalties in one play, and then he had another one later. It just come on. Like Frank Clark ball. hasn't done much. Michael Bennett's not filling up the the box score like there. They got problems right now, and you wonder when they're going to get healthy. This feels like on Sunday night, uh, and this is a, a team that's been playing big games for years now, that they'll get up and against an opponent like this, maybe get healthy a little bit. That's how I see it playing out. Me too, but that won't even tell me anything. It, it will. A they need bit. to get their mojo going a little bit, and maybe this is a, this feels like a perfect place for it to happen. If it doesn't, this feels like a, well, fl- a game that look needs out. to be that should be flexed, but it, it's not allowed to be in right. the first four right. weeks. Of this they have season. the Rams the week after that is interesting. All right, finally Monday Night Football, the Washington Redskins uh, really evaporated. I'm going to use Mark's word there: evaporated the Raiders. All right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a really weird doesn't word. really make sense. It but. doesn't make sense, but it's fun. What is that when liquid turns into gas? Yeah, I mean, in this case, I would see more just like it <laughs> obliterated to something below dust. It's sad that like none of us are confident <laughs> enough to like tell I you that's what evapor- wrong. That's I know what evaporation liquid means. into vapor. You it's know, vapor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Into, and then it like, goes. What in, did I say? It get, gas. Then that's it helps create yeah. the clouds, and the clouds they bring the saying. rain back in to the earth. How does rain work? <laughs> uh, so they're doing one, and now they get the Chiefs. Uh, uh, at home, that's that, a, cut that uh, for a drop there, Tempose. <laughs> how, how does rain work? Three and zero. I love these Chiefs. I'm uh, fully confident that they're gonna beat up on many, many, many teams this week. And I'll tell you what, I'm not gonna lock it up uh, because locking up the Chiefs at home feels uh, a little cheap. But they're playing uh, a good team. I don't think that'd be cheap. Well, I like our lock off anyway. I yeah. like that we have another lock off. But I feel really good, Greg, that the Chiefs again are going to take care of business and move to 4-0. Tell me why I'm wrong. I won't because I, I believe that they'll do it, but I don't believe they'll. it'll be some comfortable game. I think because they're 3-0 and and they have been impressive and consistent, maybe we make a little more out of the last two weeks, especially Alex Smith, than, than we need to. They've just looked like the Chiefs. You know, they, They've been in fourth-quarter games that are tight. You you close strong against the Eagles. You close strong against the Chargers. You have different ways to win games. I don't think this is a team that's going to go out and win 14 games. I just don't. Or, or 13 games. I, I think they're going to have their losses along the way. Yeah, I think you need to you need to disrupt Kansas City and probably really win the turnover battle for a chance to beat them because there isn't really – a week-to-week weak spot for them. They're very well coached. I think Andy Reid is absolutely in his groove. I mean, you're watching them running 
the pistol, the inverted wishbone. Every play, it's something different. I mean, they're, Tony Romo said the Patriots, you know, that they're gonna they stole a play from the Chiefs. That you know, they're so impressed with. Yeah, them. they really are. I, the, I I do say this about Washington because you would have thought, oh, they're gonna need Terrell Pryor to do X, Y, and Z for them to exist week to week. Jamison Crowder, I thought, would have a huge season. He's not off to a huge start. Terrell Pryor has not been in sync with Kirk Cousins. Jordan Reed is not someone you can count on week to week. And then the Redskins find a guy like Chris Thompson, and they're using other players to they're be well very coached. effective. They're very well coached on offense. They they have upside. You know, As you're talking about that, it, it makes a good point. Like They have upside to get a lot better. You know, them and the Bills were criticized about as much as any two teams in the in the league this offseason in this room, and here they are 2-1. and one. They're both looking pretty good. I was trying to figure out what what is different about this defense. And it's just a, it's just a lot of solid contributors. You know, Scott McGluin, like Dave Gettleman, the the moves that he made are working out pretty well. The DJ Swearinger, you know, Zach Brown they picked mm-hmm. up. They've kept Junior Gallette forever and finally he's playing some meaningful snaps for them. It's just a lot of guys playing a little bit. What was it? Wishbone? What was it? What are the they inverted running? wishbone? Oh. I, I mean, they just – they run – they they the, the Niners under Harbaugh, remember, they would used to go crazy. They'd show – they use 12 different, like, sets and series and formations every half. And I think the Chiefs are kind of yes. that diverse and that experienced to be doing that kind of thing. I had a extro, <laughs> extroverted wishbone joke all queued up, but we got to go. Okay. It was a really good one, though, guys. Bring so, it back Sunday night. It will still be fresh. Yeah, it was like a really outgoing, self-assured wishbone. It's feeling good about itself. <laughs> all right, let's go. Uh, we have to uh, – uh, move on out of here. Make sure you check out NFL Pick'em, uh, airing Saturdays and Sundays. Check your DVR, local uh, listings, uh, and give us some support. And also NFL.com slash ATN video. You can find all our video content, including our video Tuesday show. Good stuff. Uh, but now we got to go. This is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Old Boss, and The Loose Cannon Behind the Glass. Oh, here we go, Mark. We're headed to week four, almost the quarter pole. Till Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come